This is your gateway to the latest trends in the Gulf, bringing you exclusive insights and thought-provoking discussions. Welcome to AB Majlis, an Arabian business podcast. You can find our weekly episodes on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And for more exclusive content, subscribe to us on arabianbusiness.com. Welcome to the first episode of AB Majlis, an Arabian business podcast. I'm Tala Michelle Issa, I'm your host for the day. I'm a senior reporter at Arabian Business. And today we'll be talking about making the leap to leader with none other than Nuna Nafusi, a Dubai-based career coach. With 22 years of executive headhunting experience and over 12,000 interview hours under her belt, Nuna decided to take the leap and start her own career coaching business here in Dubai. She now coaches high-level executives who are looking to revolutionize their personal journey. Welcome to AB Majlis. It's a pleasure having you here with us today. Oh, Tala, thank you so much for having me. I'm such an honor to be here. I'm really, really honored you invited me. So we're really excited to have you here to talk about this topic. I'm sure you have so much to say about this. So what inspired me to actually bring you into the studio today was that I came across an op-ed online which talked about Making the Leap to Leader, which is a book by a journalist called Adam Bryant. And he was talking about what separates managers from leaders, what skills are needed to sort of bridge that gap. And it was based on interviews with like several CEOs. And I know I'm sure you you have your own take on this as well. So maybe let's start off with talking about the sort of mindset shifts that need to happen for people to become good leaders, at least at the beginning of that journey. Yeah. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me. And um, I think it's such an important topic because I don't think there's an actual training school to go from manager to director or yeah. manager to leader. So there is a big mindset shift. And I see that a lot with the clients that I work with. And one of the main ones is really having a growth mindset and What I mean by that is really getting comfortable with failure because as a leader, you are going to have to deal with things going wrong and not allowing it to affect you and really embracing failure. And I think the more you can do that and actually allow your team to fail because it means that they've taken action. That's a really big one, the growth mindset. The other one is having a really service orientated mindset as well, where you are really of service to your team, to the board, to people in the business. And a really big one is it's no longer just about you. So when you're starting your career, it's like, how can I increase my targets? How can I do more? My bonus, my commission all of that but as you obviously become a leader it's very much of a team orientation another big one and this will be my final one is moving from control to empowerment and learning how to empower your team and not control them that is a really big important shift you have to make mm-hmm. as a leader definitely i mean to your point about power uh, empowerment sorry a lot of people talk about finding the right balance with kind of setting your expectations and kind of motivating your staff, but also drawing the line. What would your advice be for a new leader, manager, C-level executive or director to, you know, exercise soft power in a company? In terms of empowerment, what I see and where it goes wrong a lot is the leaders who micromanaging their team Uh, The reason why they do that is because they don't trust their team that they're going to do that. The reason they don't trust their team is because they don't trust themselves. So how are you going to trust other people if you don't trust yourself? So a lot of the coaching that I do with companies and with individuals is to empower leaders, but to get them to empower themselves, because you can only take your team as far as you can take yourself. So 
it's learning to develop a relationship with yourself where you trust yourself, where you know how to get the best out of yourself and then you can trust your team. So that's a really big one, I think, in terms of how to empower other people. I think it's trust. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, to a point about like trusting yourself in, in the book I was talking about at the beginning of the episode, the author made a point saying that you need to look into the ugly mirror. So you need to identify, I guess, your shadow aspects, elements of your personality. So how do you, you know, as a career coach, help clients do that? Where do you begin? What's the process? It's a really good question. And what I say is, how are you currently relating with your team? Because if they're saying, you know, my team are really disrespecting me or they don't really listen to me or they execute, but they're failing on this, really what they're doing is describing the relationship they have with themselves. So we then have the conversation of like, to what extent do you completely trust yourself? Mm -hmm. To what extent do you respect yourself? Because your team will respect you to the extent that you respect yourself. Mm -hmm. I'd always compare it to, you know, at school when um, you would sit in the class and you'd have a teacher, there would be one teacher who everyone would start talking. Yeah. Doesn't matter. <laughs> They'd be like, please be quiet. And no one would listen. Yeah. And then there would be a teacher who wouldn't even have to say good morning. The minute they walked into the room, everyone would be quiet. Mm -hmm. And the reason is that teacher who walked in and made everyone be quiet or just through the presence, they had a real sense of boundaries with themselves. They had, they respected themselves so much that the way they walked in, they trusted themselves, they believed in themselves, students can smell that. Mm -hmm. And that is exactly the same with your team. So if, if you feel so strongly about yourself, then your team will. So that's why so much of the work is to do with yourself and how you show up for yourself. That's very interesting. So let's say, hypothetically speaking, right? If um, a leader comes to you for coaching saying, my team doesn't respect me, how difficult is it or easy? I'm not sure. Is it to kind of shift the team's mindset? I feel like sometimes certain things, you know, you have to set the precedent at the beginning and that kind of, it's very hard to like change those boundaries or change that environment a little bit. I'm not sure. What do you think about that? I think you can change any relationship because there's two people. And even with the dynamic of the team, if you start showing up differently, somebody can't help but react differently. Mm -hmm. So if you start relating to your team in a way where you are a lot more confident, the way you're, you're setting your meetings, you follow through, you stick to your word, all of these things. If that starts to change, people will very quickly notice that because at the end of the day, people want to feel safe in the hands of their leaders. They mm -hmm. want to, yeah. like it's innate. It's like children with their parents. They want their parents to show up for them. Yeah. When you're working with someone, you want to feel like, this person's going to take me where I want to be. The reason why a lot of employers get upset is because they're like, employees, why is this person not helping me to get to where I want to be? Yeah. So I think 100% you, you can change it. The mm -hmm. dynamics that you have with yourself changes the dynamics you have with others. Mm -hmm. Okay. And do you think that career coaching is enough or do you think therapy alongside that? I think it really depends on you. Like if have you had any deep rooted trauma that is really affecting the way that you are with yourself? Mm -hmm. Is there something you need to heal? If there is, I think great. The thing is with coaching, it's a very 
action orientated type of coaching or mentoring. So my clients come to me saying, I want X, Y, and Z. And then we work on getting them X, Y, and Z by looking at their behavior, looking at the discipline of their mind, um, looking at how they're speaking to themselves. And we start layering different habits to get them to where they want to. Mm -hmm. Therapy, I think, is more talking about the past, not as action orientated, but I'm not a therapist, so I I don't know fully. That makes sense, though, definitely. So what are some practical steps people can take uh, to become good leaders? Yeah, I love that question. The first thing I would say is to build their own personal power. And Mm -hmm. what the first thing I do with my clients is have a look and see, are you honoring your word to yourself? We build our own confidence by trusting ourselves. And the more we trust ourselves, the more other trust us. So if a leader doesn't have as much confidence, I will look and see, where did you not honor your word to yourself this week? Did you scroll more than you were meant to? Did you say you were going to go to the gym and you didn't? Did you tell your wife that you would take her out for dinner and you didn't? So we're not just looking at how you're showing up at work. Where are you breaking that promise to yourself? Because Mm, Accountability. For yourself. Mm -hmm. Because nothing feels better than doing what you say you're going to do. And that builds confidence. And people can smell the trust that you have with yourself. Mm -hmm. And if you start building that trust in you are, and I call it personal power because it is powerful. Imagine a world where we all did exactly what we said we would do (laughs) to ourselves. Really nice world. (laughs) Wouldn't we be like, wouldn't we just be so productive? So the first Mm -hmm. thing I do is look at where have they broken that word, build up their personal power. That's number one. The second thing is to build their emotional intelligence. And really, that is to how willing are you to connect to your own emotions and a lot of people just want to feel happy and all emotions are equal so happy sad angry frustrated how comfortable can you be with being uncomfortable the more comfortable you can get with being uncomfortable the more fearless you become and the more what i love to say is you start eating failure for breakfast <laughs> so yeah about um emotional intelligence uh, i was wondering how much of an issue that is in the region you know i'm trying to also think about what we can identify as the most common challenges that uh, new leaders face in let's say dubai specifically i mean through your work i'm sure you've come across maybe some patterns that people have in common. Maybe it's a cultural thing. Maybe it's a social thing. I'm not entirely sure. What would you say about that? Yeah, I think, you know, since COVID, it's changed a lot. People are much more open talking about how they're feeling, whether they're struggling. You know, I never heard of the word burnout before COVID. And Mm -hmm. now, you know, so many companies are talking about wellness and wanting to prevent their staff from burnout. So I think it is essential now. And especially in Dubai, where everyone is here, majority of us are expats. We're here to earn money. You know, we're away from home, our, our parents. So I think it is really essential here to start approaching teams with that level of emotional intelligence. Can we cope when someone comes to us and they're upset? Again, there are certain cultures. I mean, I'm originally Arabic. It's not something that you would do in a work environment. We very much have the ayeb and sit back and, you know, you can't <laughs> yeah. talk about this. And I think the, the generation coming is it's opening that up. But it's um, for people in my generation, you know, a little bit older, who are really going to have to catch up with that and get really comfortable with connecting to their own emotions so that they can connect with other emotions. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can definitely see the benefit of doing that. You know, some of the best managers that I've worked with have always been emotionally intelligent, regardless of whether they were qualified enough to be in that position or not. 
if they had that understanding, you know, it just really made a difference. I mean, for the the overall team's uh, chemistry as well. But yeah, so moving on, I also wanted to talk about knowing your core values as a leader. I'm not sure if this is going to sound like a ridiculous question for you or not, but um, are there set core values that every leader should have to be able to make a good positive impact on their workforce? Or would you say that, you know, of course, it differs from person to person? Having said that, how much does this affect your style as a leader? If you yourself know your own core values, you know yourself very well, aside from respecting yourself. I think it's really important for consistency. Mm -hmm. People love and feel safe with consistency. So when you are going into a CEO or a C-level or any kind of leadership role, it is really important to know what your core values are. For example, when I set up my business, I really value kindness. I really do. It's something that's so important to me. So for me, anyone who comes into contact with me or the business, they will have that kindness towards them. For a leader, what is yours? Is it integrity? Then you have to stick to that no matter what. Does that mean having difficult conversations where integrity is broken? Mm -hmm. Does that mean even if who used to be your best friend when you were coming up the ranks has done something wrong, you stick to it? So knowing what your core values as a leader is and bringing them into everyday situation gives you, it's like a guiding light. It's like the compass that you keep going towards. And it just gives you that consistency. I think it's essential to know what your core values are. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Throughout your work here in Dubai, what would you say are the most common things that new leaders come to you for? I have to say loneliness. Loneliness. Yeah. I do. Okay. Um, I'd say, yeah, as I said to you um, when we were chatting before, 87% of my clients are CEOs or C-level executives and they have no one to speak to. So they can't go to the board and say, I'm struggling or I'm being too agreeable in the board meeting or I'm really struggling with doing a presentation to 100 people or the whole office. Who are they going to say that to? Will mm -hmm. they say that to the board or their peers who are in other companies or would they say it to people who are their subordinates? Definitely not. So loneliness is a big one. And also the other one is confidence and imposter syndrome. I, we keep hearing about imposter syndrome. Yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah. Um, that's a really big one because they're kind of wondering, you know, am I doing the right thing? Should mm -hmm. I be here? And especially I find when they're working with companies where the revenue that they're handling is so, so large, it can become really overwhelming for them. Mm -hmm. You know, one decision and it can impact so many jobs and yeah. so many other things in the business. So I think those are the main ones that, that have, but loneliness was a shocking Shocking one for me. Oh, that's very interesting. I mean, I've heard about loneliness being an issue for many expats here or expats anywhere in the world, really, but never in this context. So that, that was actually quite interesting. All right. So I think we spoke about everything I wanted to discuss with you. But before we leave, I wanted to maybe ask you one last question about the most common mistakes that new leaders tend to make. Okay. One is being a people pleaser. Mm -hmm. And again, like I said, it's wanting to, you know, it can be really difficult when you're in a boardroom and you are with people who are seem very high authority yeah. or <laughs> they can be a bit too agreeable. So people pleasing is a big one. Being scared of visibility and not wanting to suddenly have your face in, in a magazine or conferences, that can be one that can really affect people. Mm -hmm. And the other one I would say is just not asking 
for advice or help. Mm -hmm. The other one that I see as well is not hiring the right people. And I saw this as well when I was in my headhunting days, hiring people who are better than you. And they say, for example, they want to see a marketing director, but they don't want them too good. Mm -hmm. Because what if they then eventually move into a much more senior role? And that is where a lot of ego can come in. So not allowing your ego to come in. One more thing that I would say is really important is where you become unavailable to people. You become mm -hmm. so detached yeah. to people that they feel too scared to come and speak to you. Arrogance can kind of set in sometimes. So yeah. um, these are the all, ego sometimes, yeah, isn't it? These yeah. are all things that you really have to watch. Mm -hmm. Thank you for joining us today. Um, I think it was an amazing discussion. I've definitely learned a lot and I hope our viewers can say the same. And it was, uh, it was a pleasure having you with us in the studio today. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed it. Thank you for watching our latest episode on making the leap to leader we hope to see you for the next one thank you for listening to this week's episode and thank you to all our subscribers sign up to arabianbusiness.com for all exclusive content